On today's episode, we hear the second part of my conversation with obesity specialist Dr. Veronica Johnson. Last week, we learned about how GLP-1 drugs like Ozempic work and how they're being incorporated into patient care. Today, we discuss the shortages and the barriers to access that some patients are facing when it comes to these drugs. It's Tuesday, March 21st. I'm Jay Carlisle-Larson, and this is Just Healthcare Daily. There's a lot of buzz surrounding GLP-1 drugs like Ozempic, Munjaro, and Wagovi for their ability to help people lose weight. These medications were originally developed to manage chronic conditions like type 2 diabetes and later approved for obesity treatment. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson, and this is Just Healthcare Daily. But while these medications have helped people lose weight, there are still a lot of misconceptions about how these drugs can and should be used. Last week, I spoke with obesity specialist Dr. Veronica Johnson of Northwestern University to learn more about how these drugs work and how physicians are incorporating them into patient care. Today, we hear the second part of our conversation where we talk more about the shortages of the drugs and how some patients are still having difficulty accessing them. Here's the rest of our conversation. We know that obesity is an extremely complex and chronic condition, and this is a tool that can be added to one's toolkit as an intervention, but it's not a quick fix. Uh, It has to be used, if not permanently, certainly on a long-term basis. Do you think that that is getting lost as part of the conversation about these medications. I see it almost every day and my patients who are just like, hey, I heard about this medication. I just want something as a jump start. And it's one of those things that you have to really explain and educate your patients that we're treating a disease. And when patients come to see me, they've tried a lot of things, right? They've they've tried different diets. They've tried different exercises, plans, trainers, nutritionists. Like, I've heard all of it. And they'll do really well, but then the weight comes back right back. And so if I think about, you know, trying to expand treatment beyond just lifestyle modifications and using these medications, I have to bring it back to them and be like, well, remember when you did X diet and it worked really well, but then, you know, 
you stopped, you regained the weight back. That's what the medication's doing. So if you don't think of it as a, a your weight as something that you're going to struggle with for long term, even if I give you the medication and you lose the weight, there is a high likelihood that you're going to regain the weight back. And I try to have that conversation before I start medications on patients, but it also has to be continued to be reinforced. And I'm always willing to have that talk with my patients once they get to their goal weight, if they're like, hey, you know, I'm done. And I'm like, okay, let's see what happens when you go to a lower dose, what happens to your weight, or what happens with some of the weight-related conditions that we treated because you lost weight. I'm always willing to try, but right now the data is supporting that not only are these medications important for weight loss, but they're also for weight maintenance. Because of the popularity of these medications, uh, you mentioned that you've had patients ask about it and patients across the country are asking about it. And we've seen media reports that there are shortages, both due to supply chain issues and also because of demand. Have you heard from your patients about difficulty getting these medications at pharmacies? For sure. Um, We always are having patients who cannot get the medication from their preferred pharmacy because of the supply shortage. Sometimes they go months without it at a time without the medication. And sometimes we have to find alternatives to kind of bridge them to when the supply issue is resolved. For a long time, you know, when we didn't have Wagovi and we were having our patients on Ozempic, um, Ozempic recently was approved for at the two milligram dose, um, but for a while it was just one milligram. And so we were trying to like optimize obviously the weight and, you know, with the higher doses of Ozempic, you, you get more weight loss. But for a while there was no two milligrams of Ozempic. Um, and so my patients just couldn't find it. Um, it's getting better, but it's still like a day-to-day battle where, you, you know, depending on where a patient gets their prescriptions filled, they might have difficulties getting the medication. And I think now it's maybe like two or three days where it takes the pharmacy like that time to get the medicine. The market for these drugs is booming, um, as we've seen with WW's, uh, formerly known as Weight Watchers, acquisition of telehealth provider Sequence, which has physicians that can prescribe these drugs. Uh, Do you or your colleagues worry about any further impact on the supply or on patients as the demand for these drugs continue? You know, if we think about the amount of people that have obesity in our country, and even overweight in our candidates for these medications, it's a far more amount of people that are actually have access to platforms like Sequence and WW and things like that. So I don't think we're going to have an opportunity where we're going to see people misusing drugs from that platform because that's also like boarded by obesity medicine physicians who are make sure that these are medications that are Um, being prescribed to people who actually clinically need it. But I think it's just one of those things where, you know, we have to address the need and the given just the amount of people who disproportionately are affected by the disease. It's going to have to be on the industry to be able to provide the medications needed to address the disease state. 
I think in general, the whole obesity medicine pharmacotherapy options will continue to increase over time. We will have a lot more options for our patients. But right now, it's just like the new thing is Ozempic. And then, you know, we'll hear in the spring, terzepatide will be approved for obesity treatment. And then it'll be, that'll be the thing. But, you know, if we look at two or three years from now, there are going to be other um, pharmaceutical companies in the game making GLP-1s where it won't be as much of an issue getting the medication and supplying the medication. So we know that these drugs can be extremely expensive if you buy them out of pocket, uh, since a lot of insurers, as well as programs like Medicare, won't cover the medication if it's used for weight loss. Do you see that being a barrier of access for patients, uh, some of whom may need it the most? I mean, for sure. I mean, if you look at the numbers and the amount of people who are affected by obesity, we have um, those who are in low on income backgrounds and those from racial and ethnic minorities that disproportionately have obesity and also disproportionately get their insurance and medical care um, through federal and state funded programs like Medicare and Medicaid. And so, of course, you know, these patients just don't have access to the best medications available to treat their disease. And so until we are able to provide equal access to these medications for all, no matter of what their insurance is, we're going to continue to um, accentuate that disparity in obesity and the people that are disproportionately affected by the disease. As we wrap up, uh, conversations about weight and health can be fraught. Patients may feel societal pressures to be thin. Physicians want their patients to be healthy. So as a physician who works with people who have these chronic conditions, where do you want these conversations about weight and health to go moving forward? One is educating physicians about the disease state of obesity. There are a lot of physicians that still do not understand why one weighs what they're weigh beyond like lifestyle modifications. And so they often accentuate the stigma and bias to the point where their patients don't feel comfortable talking to their clinicians about the disease because they're, they feel like they're going to be shamed and blamed. Um, but then we also need to talk to our patients to be advocates for themselves based off of what they know about the disease state themselves and knowing that there's different options available to them. So even if their clinician is not as open to using these and prescribing them, um, giving the patient the, it's their health. And, and if they don't feel comfortable with the person who is managing their disease, then they should find somebody else that might be better for them. And there's plenty of people out there that really take that patient-centered approach as far as managing patients of weight and really try to take care of patients in a non-stigmatized, biased manner. So we just need to do better as a healthcare profession to get more providers that just are more comfortable talking about weight with their patients. 
That was obesity specialist and practicing physician, Dr. Veronica Johnson of Northwestern University. She joined me to talk about the growing popularity of diabetes and obesity drugs such as Ozempic and Wagovi and their impact on weight loss. You can find the first half of our conversation on the GIST Healthcare website, gisthealthcare.com. This is Just Healthcare Daily. I'm Jake Carlisle-Larson. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the program. We'll be back with healthcare business and policy news updates tomorrow, as always, in 10 minutes or less. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news at gisthealthcare.com. You can also get these insights emailed directly to your inbox when you subscribe to our newsletter, The Weekly Gist. The Gist Healthcare Daily Podcast is an independent production of Gist Healthcare, a Kaufman Hall company. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.